When I go to Sacramento, I will pump up Sacramento. 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 Turner Sparks just got married and has moved home to America after 12 years living in China. Sir Michael Ira Kaplan has two kids, a wife, a job, and has spent his entire life in the USA. Neither one can figure their country out. This is Lost in America. All right, everybody, welcome to Lost in America, episode 58. My name's Turner Sparks. I am Michael Kaplan. You can find me at Turner B. Sparks on Twitter. You can find Kaplan at Cap in America. We are back in New York City. It's freezing cold here. Thank you, L.A. I went up to Sacramento, Northern California after that. Had great shows up there. Then went down to Miami. Got a football game. Now I'm back on the podcast. Big big win. Big win for the Miami Hurricanes. It brought them some good luck. We're back. The U's back. back. Yeah. They waited for me. They were terrible for the whole 12 years I was gone. Yeah, they really were an embarrassment. Now that I'm back, they're back. On the podcast today, we have Canadian comedian Iman El Husseini. Iman lives in New York City. I do comedy with her here in New York. She is, let me go through the list, Palestinian, Canadian, Muslim, and lesbian. (laughs) And I think she's married to a Jew. All right, you. Want, I'm not we'll gonna rank to which that. of those I like the best. So no, we'll let her do that. <laughs> okay. So she's fantastic. She's hilarious. Uh, she's a professional up in Canada and here, but she does uh, tours all through Canada all the I'm time. I'm very pro lesbian, very against marrying Jews. So I know. See, she like yes, yeah, she <laughs> so splits to, the vote. Yeah, yeah. In her own person. Okay. Um. Uh. So oh, oh, but before we get to that, we have a live show coming up. We do. And uh, <laughs> really? Oh God, Kaplan! <laughs> I feel like you're gonna bomb this so uh, hard. I'm gonna bomb so hard. You got people have got to come and see this. You gotta come just to see Cap bomb. I mean, this you, is gonna be this just is your to see the first... Titanic. If you had a chance to see the Titanic, you should we, at least you would have gone right. Exactly. Front row tickets. Front row. To watch it. To watch everything crumble into the ocean. <laughs> watch the uh, Hit violin the player. I'm be playing the violin and. <laughs> keep my have arms you up. ever done comedy on a stage in front of a live audience? Uh, I've I've, I've worked two funerals. Okay. I did some good jokes in funeral I speeches. I mean, they need to laugh. Yeah, I've done a wedding speech. Does that count? Yeah, uh, close. All right. Yeah, how'd you do? I did better than your brother. All right, good. <laughs> we'll take it. So you're no Rain Man references. So this is November 30th at the at Stand Up New York here in New York City. Fabulous New York City. Yeah, and a lot of people ask me, how do, we, how do they buy the tickets? What's the best way? You can go to Stand Up New York's website and get the tickets, but here's what we're going to do. In the comments of this podcast, our, our comments, our notes, we're going to have a link to the tickets. You can also get the tickets if you're listening to us on Laughable right now. Laughable, the app for comedy podcast has partnered with us and you can click on our podcast it'll put you straight through to tickets pretty amazing oh that's a good idea it's a brand new feature they have i believe we're the second people ever to try out this feature with the guinea pigs we're the guinea pigs part two all right so uh, on the and on the podcast we have we've already announced who's going to be on we have ronnie chang from the daily show ronnie is a malaysian australian comedian he now lives in the united states so he's got a lot to say new (laughs) announcement we got Michael ding, Costa, ding, ding. the newest member of The Daily Show, the oh. newest correspondent. Michael Costa is a professional comedian, but also before that, he was a professional tennis player. Oh. So he's toured all around the world playing tennis. All right. I okay. believe his uh, email, when you email, it says number 826 in the world. 
that's it. We couldn't, get, it. The, we couldn't get a top 750 player. <laughs> that's all we got. I was once the fourth-ranked under-12 player in the Lehigh Valley, so oh, take that. All people. right, we'll bring it up. <laughs> and then we have one more we might have to wait for next week to announce, because it's, it's, I think we're going to get slow em. build. We don't want to, we don't want to, yeah. Exactly. You know what we can announce? What? Weber's not going to be on it. Again, I'm re-announcing it. Re-announcing <laughs> that. We got to get, so I'm trying to get, we're trying to get these uh, DVDs of Weber. Whoever's new movie. I'm not gonna. I might have a guy. I mean, really? Just tell you, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We need okay because we want to give away free copies of his movie, <laughs> so you don't have to go see it in the theater and give him money. All right. Or if we can't get that, yeah. at minimum, we got to get free copies of like 500 Days of Summer or what are his other old movies? The uh, Spectacular Now. Um, the Pink Panther Two. Pink Panther Two. <laughs> if anyone can get their hands on fake Chinese DVDs of those, we'll give those away too. Should we get to Lost in America? Play the damn music. It's Play. been too long. Play the music. Got a lot to say. We're back. Love the music. Shout out De'Aaron Roots. I saw him when I was in Sacramento, San Francisco doing shows. He came. He hung out. He was signing autographs. There was lines of people to meet. They're like, you the man? You're the dude who made the music? I'm the dude who made the music. <laughs> people are asking him for record. They want him to join their out, like studio musicians. Podcasts are probably coming after him. They are. Every big podcast. Scene, you know, the scene, they can't become like us. They can't steal your life story or whatever I do. But they could try to steal the music. They can try to steal the music. <laughs> and so I'm happy. He's making money. We're making everybody, you know. We're, we're shooting all up the money. <laughs> getting rich together. Everybody's getting fat off the land, baby. <laughs> so you're lost in America this week, Kaplan. Yeah. What's yeah. going on? It's this school, I tell you. They're just they're just trying to keep me down. They're just they're what school? They're just, the Teddy School. Oh, they just the kindergarten? Want, every week I don't know if they're listening to the pod and just trolling me now. So speaking of medical things, we get this letter from the school, and they tell us. Uh, that this this week once again is National Red Ribbon Ribbon Week. Okay, what does that mean? You might ask, what's a red? It's the, now the oldest and largest drug prevention campaign, reaching millions of young people in the country. It symbolizes a commitment to being healthy and growing up drug free. Okay, and so and then they give us a list of things we have to do as parents. It says that they're going to be the children will be given a red ribbon, and then you have to have them wear it all week. And then there's a special day during the week where it's red day, and I have to dress my uh, teddy up in red, all red, with Ooh. this ribbon. First of all, red day is every day in China. <laughs> wow. <laughs> red you China. This is a trick to get them to become communists? This is, this is a little, yeah, in China they have to wear a red sash around their neck that proves they're good communists and they support the Chairman Mao. Yeah. So maybe that's what they're maybe doing Maybe that's now. it, because they can't believe in it. communist it. Brooklyn, New York. Communist Queens. Because <laughs> yeah. they add and they say, thank you for your cooperation and your willingness to help fight against drug abuse. And Wait, they're fighting against drug abuse in five-year-olds? Yeah, this is what I'm saying, like. I, I, are they, is it a thing where like they don't want to just age discriminate because like they're like, well, this is a program for the high school, and then we have to do it for the lower schools. To, I have two ideas on this. Two thoughts. First one is that I think that they've they've just kissed off junior high and up. They're like those kids are all on <laughs> we dr- can't, like we can't cocaine and heroin, especially in New York City. You know these kids are partying early. They're city kids. This is Paris Hilton world. Right. These kids are growing up, going out. Go- they're at dance clubs. You think they want to scare us into like how fast we're gonna our kids are gonna grow up? No, like, right they've now? given up on everybody, and they're like at least if we can be proud of ourselves because everyone wants to be proud of themselves right so they want to be proud of themselves that they're at least the five-year-olds they've controlled them they're <laughs> not on h- drugs what? second thought 
that's completely wrong because every five-year-old's on Ritalin or some sort of drug. So little kids are the biggest drug addicts in America. Yeah, I mean, Teddy's not there yet, but he's the way I've seen his attention span, he's on his way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, and I think, I, I wonder if to, what you're saying is like, I feel like maybe they're, they're setting the lowest bar possible. Yes. It's almost like the way that they make every kid feel good nowadays where everyone gets an A. Yes. Now they want to make every parent feel good. So like, I feel like they're trying to set such a low bar where I'm like, because then they, oh, there's a there's a picture outside the school. Are they congratulating where you the that kids your kids actually right, not on drugs? Yeah, exactly. The kids all made <laughs> ribbons and they colored them in red, like paper ribbons. And I saw it in school. I was there today for an event. And, and you looked at the school like, and it's like, congratulations, class, and everyone, drug-free. And there's a thing and it's, you know, drug-free kid. They made these ribbons for themselves to wear also. And I'm looking at it and being like, am I supposed to be happy? Like, I've raised a drug-free five-year-old. Like, that's what they're telling me. Like, it's a it's really like the early, lowest bar possible. It's a really early pat on the back to yourself. <laughs> yeah, it's the same as don't they have like kindergarten graduation? Like, if your yeah. kid if your kid can't graduate kindergarten, like he should be sniffing glue. Right. So if he's a drug addict, will they not graduate? That's like, interesting. I should ask that. question. I mean, just like, let's go there, straight like, to prison. Go <laughs> straight to. I'm not even like little kid prison. Like, just put him in there and let him grow up. Yeah. If he can't graduate kin- kindergarten, if he's not if he's not drug-free. Except back to the original point that none of these kids are drug free. <laughs> no. They're well, all on they're all something. Yeah. But you know, and I, I wonder, I have one theory that I want to run by you because I don't know much about this organization. I think it might be a, a conspiracy. I noticed there's a sign outside the school. You know where those signs where it says like drug free zone? Um, you like more bigger penalties if you sell drugs or have drugs in a drug free zone in America. Oh, as yeah, a, which I don't, I don't agree with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it should be even, right? It should be even. Yeah, I mean, Same with a construction zone. Who gives a shit? <laughs> Those guys it? need to drink every once in a while. <laughs> well, <Why>? I know- <laughs> they can build it faster if they're all on speed. Yeah, well, I noticed that the drug free zone is sponsored by the Freemasons of New York. Isn't that like who gets our president elected every yeah, like, year? Who are the Freemasons? I don't know. I don't know anything about them. Are That's they, so they weird. really against drugs? Or I, are they? I do they have some scandal? They had to like. Yeah, aren't they the people from? that are hiding? Like the that Indiana Jones went to try <laughs> to find the the lost temple of doom or whatever. I, I don't know. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't know anything about them. I, I want to get to the bottom of this. I'm gonna do some research. If you want to end us, people, let me know. The so Freemasons. wait, the, the Freemasons are doing what? They sponsor the drug free zone. There's a sign. I don't know how much it costs, but it says drug free zone, like extra penalty, sponsored by the New York Freemasons. Well, what about uh, weed? Is weed legal now? Because, like, you can get drunk at a school. Well, I don't... Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, how it's supposed to sit through a Little League uh, baseball game. I don't know how it applies to kids. I don't know if they're five-year-olds, again, if they're getting into the nitty-gritty of which drugs it is. No, like a parent. If a parent comes to campus, you can have a couple cocktails. Uh, Yeah, that's... (laughs) Are you allowed to smoke weed now because it's legal in America? you drink on... It's not called campus, first of all. It's a kindergarten. (laughs) (laughs) They don't usually drink at the... Unless it's an event. Are you kidding me? My parents... I remember when they have those parent-teacher conference party things. They all come back here. Yeah, the PTA events all have... You know, that's why they don't need our Amazon money. We'll get to that later. But yeah. they, they do have a lot of booze, but they don't have weed. That should be a great billion-dollar idea. Billion-dollar idea. You know, I, that, ooh, that's a great idea. Fundraiser for the PTA. But, you know, I was gonna, you say the weed thing, and I wanted to – kids can't have weed, I don't think, yet. That's coming, I'm sure, <laughs> eventually. But We're dogs, still not completely free. I'm going to tell you something, because I consider my dog my child, and I have a dog, Pancakes Kaplan. Oh, gosh. And she hurt her leg the other day, and someone saw her limping, someone I know, and they said to me – you know, what have you done? I said, took them vet, blah, 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 painkiller. And they said, well, have you tried marijuana? For like, your well, dog? I was like, what do, you, what, what, do you mean? what do you mean? She's like, here, I have, she had some. She had a sample. She's like, I can get you more. I have, she was trying to push weed on me okay. for my dog. Specific weed, like biscuits for dogs, things. Wait, at, people have been doing <laughs> this for years. Did you ever go to college where a guy smokes weed and then blows the smoke in his dog's face? 
Who had a dog in college? That's no. the oldest trick in the book. That's a really like strange bestiality move in college. I, I, you're supposed to <laughs> trying to harve their dog. <laughs> trying, to <laughs> their dog. <laughs> trying to cosby their dog. Yeah, no. This is what drove me. This is what I thought was hilarious about. It. I said to her, "How did you? How do you even get weed for dogs?" She's like, "Oh, you can go and get in California or states that have legal medical marijuana stores." Yeah. I was like, "Would well, you have to prove your dog has like a you know what do you do? You go to the vet and they pr- you're like, no, no, no. It's I. She had a medical marijuana." Um, like lice, a, do- a doctor gave her for something an ailment she has, okay. so she can go in the store. You know, you're from California, maybe you know this. So she goes in the store, and then she can buy the dog stuff, even though it has nothing to do with her. And this, wait, so it's not medical marijuana for dogs; it's medical marijuana for humans. No, they sell medical marijuana for dogs in the human stores. You get the prescription for the humans. Why don't they let the vet sell it? I that. This is why I have a billion dollar idea. Is what I'm trying to tell you. What's the Long idea? Story, well, you, we get people in, in states that have. They can get marijuana bullshit, and we sell it to dogs because people in Queens and Brooklyn, people like, I don't think smuggy, dogs have money. No, the smuggy parents of the world, dog owners who take their dogs in their laps and on planes and do yes. everything for their dogs. They would love to get their dogs high. I'm sure they okay. want their dogs to do what they do. Their dogs are people. So when they smoke up, they would. You know, I'm gonna say so- that's a thousand dollar idea. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> All right, it's got but we'll still say cha ching cha ching. <laughs> We'll accept it. All right. Well, you know, I just run. I just like to run ideas by. You. That's how great ideas get stumbled across. You're right. You, you gotta know, you workshop gotta, them. You gotta workshop them. And this is a free podcast. This, Who is, cares? A, this is a safe space for those. All right. Ints is an app. It is. Do we? Are we gonna end something this week? We promise. We're now. We're back in New York. We're back in the studio. We're back in Ints Studios, and we got Inters coming at us. Yeah. So should we play the Ints? Let's play the Ints, and then let's uh, you know let's do our commenting. Let's see let's- what you guys have to say. Austin, America. It's been nine days. You haven't Inst. So I'm going to throw out a random thought and question. So this whole thing about uh, Amazon and your wife, Kaplan, switching to the PTA and her shopping support, I want to know, what kind of kickback is she getting from that PTA? Why would she choose them over you? That's the real question here. I think there's something fishy going on. I think we need to explore this a little bit further. So, yeah, you know, I think you should find that out. Whoa, Jennifer Miles Pete Kaplan. Yeah. I think she's claiming that what your is she wife, claiming? I think she's claiming that your wife might be cheating on you with the PTA captain. The PTA captain? I thought you know it's 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 I, I agree with her. Let me cut you off. <laughs> I agree not that she's cheating on you, well, but that she is the enemy of the pot. It's her and Weber. Yeah. I can't tell who's the most the biggest enemy. Right. If she does she have any movies out? Because if she does, we need to sell those. Give no. those away for free at the live pod November 30th, too. Okay, so wait, <laughs> what do you th- so what do you think? Alright. Um I what I think is I think you might be onto something. Shit. Cause she keeps going to these <laughs> PTA meetings every week and like yeah. you know, like tomorrow night I was gonna go across enemy lines and go see Weber's movie action oh. event. And she's like, oh, I have a PTA meeting. I'll quit the pod if you do that. She's got a PTA meeting. She doesn't want to go to a bit. I don't oh, know. Wow. What do you think that you think she's so maybe she's got to keep up her cover. Maybe she and does. To keep up her cover, she's got to pretend to do this buying. Or, or what more, more likely, more she like, has some PTA pod and all the money's going to that pod. There's got to be a pod because it's a built-in audience. If you do a podcast for the PTA, you got every parent in your little organization. Whoa, billion dollar idea. Let's do a PTA pod. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what's wrong with these school lunches well, this week. Yeah, I mean, we could talk about all these issues. All right, well, that's our, yeah, so that's what you think? You think I gotta be worried? You think I don't gotta, think she's cheating on you. I think she has a rival We just podcast. have to come up with a, a, a plan. It'll help everyone, the PTA and us, if we come up with a financial plan so I can prove to Randy it makes no sense for her not to use this link. 
Here's what I'm going to do. Use our link. The money comes to me. I'll give some to the PTA. That's a good idea. The money funnels through funnels. us. Launder it. We'll launder, launder the it, money. Uh, Paul Manafort style. Maybe we'll even buy some suits and oh, uh, rugs. Wait, you know? that's a billion dollar idea. A real one. If you need to launder money, do it through our podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, launder away. We got a lot of scam artists out there listening. Yeah, Blue Shirt will help you out. Yeah, launder through us. We'll clean it. You won't have to go to prison. All right, should we get to Iman El Husseini? Let's bring her in. I see her out there. Come on in. All right, we're back with Iman El Husseini. Iman, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for doing it. Yeah. You um, have people going around with you today from... Tomorrow. 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 Yeah. From which which show? Which station? CBC. Basically, like our major, our our the biggest uh, news news agency in Canada. Yeah, I've heard yeah. Of that. And what? Wait, why are they walking around with you? So a couple of weeks ago, there's this bill that uh, passed or is trying to pass in my hometown of Montreal, banning the face veil. Okay. So CBC Radio called me up to ask me what I thought about it, and I said that I'm all for it, and Canada lost its mind. So Canada, because <laughs> I mean, this is like well, a nationwide no, thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so everybody stations. heard that. Everybody wow. heard that interview. and Well, everybody. I mean, whoever listens to CBC, which is a, 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 a lot of people. A, 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 yeah. Um, anyway, and uh, they did not expect that um, answer from me because I'm Muslim and uh, they thought that I, I might be like politically correct or whatever. So they were just like taken aback by um, how I am uh, against the face, face veil. I love it how they'll try it. It's like trying to set up something. They're like, right. okay, this is going to happen. Yeah. Like they go point, like, point, point. You need point. a Muslim person that's to come s- against it. Exactly. Yeah. And then you flip and it and they're like, wait, what the hell do we do? That's now? right. So what's your reasoning? Wait, so. Did you say that this is they wanted to ban all religious clothing or just no, the so Faceville? A while ago, um, and where is it in in Montreal? So in my home province. So you in know Quebec. how Canada is divided in, in provinces. So in Quebec, we had elected uh, the separatist government um, that was trying really hard back in the day. So this is when I still lived in Canada um, to ban religious, cl- just like the veil, yarmulke, turban. They just wanted to ban it all. Right. Um, and obviously, like that's you know, I'm not I'm not a fan of religion at all. So, w- if it were to be banned, I'm not crying over it. Okay. Um, I do think religion separates people, divides people, but I also realize that it's people's rights, and I can't impose my beliefs on them. So fine, you know. Uh, but when it comes to the face veil, I absolutely am a hundred percent against it because it does not represent my religion. It's not compulsory. The whoever I spoke to who is face veiled uh, will confirm that. And uh, yeah, so it's such an interesting point of view that you rarely, at least in America, you rarely hear. Right? Yeah. Well, if you're not paying attention, probably if you're just like a surface level, like I, I barely watch the news, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. You just think that it is almost. Oh, I bet a lot of people think it is compulsory, right? Oh, no, um, no one thinks it's compulsory, but it's... I think the majority of people that have any knowledge of Islam uh, or just, like, basic knowledge, they know that the face veil is is just that an extra step that's unnecessary. Everybody's familiar with the hijab, you know, uh, but I think the niqab is, like, another... That's, when did it, where did it originate, then? It wasn't originally... So, you know what? Back in the day, in feudal systems, uh, before the Muslim religion came about... Um, R- wealthy, wealthy females, uh, 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 
so f daughters and, and wives of wealthy families would cover up. Um, so it really showed a sign. It was a sign of prestige back then. Uh, and you covered yourself up because you didn't want to like fall in love with a farmer or somebody from like a lower class. So uh, it was yeah. like a high class thing back like, in the day. It was like the way those like you see douchebags who park their cars and like like they have like a really fancy car and they put a covering over it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> My car's too good for the street. You can't. Yeah. That is so funny. So I remember those. I haven't seen those coverings since I moved to the Western world from Kuwait. I was born in Kuwait. And I remember everybody would have the covering on their car because of all the dust. We had sandstorms back yeah. then. Oh, so there it makes yeah, sense. Yeah, so there it was. It was that. But here, I guess it's a douchey. A douchey <laughs> Just like move. one guy in our okay. neighborhood who has it. It is. Like when I was in China, people do that too. But I still, people did that here. You're yeah. right, but, not, but here, there's, like no, the there's no dust storms yet. And uh, I don't right. know what's going on with the warming system. Well, in China, it must have been some <laughs> pollution, something oh, there was, related. Yeah, pollution storms. For sure. Like every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what was, what about the cross? Is that something they wanted to ban as well? So this is the thing so like the rappers or whoever wears a cross <laughs> so you know? the rappers get an exemption <laughs> that's it so my my whole argument with separatists was so they want to uh they're definitely a secular society very socialist very left-wing um which is is good in that sense but they want to preserve what they're terrified of losing is french culture so they impose like really strict law language laws and stuff like that to preserve uh, French culture. So, for instance, as an immigrant who immigrated to Quebec when I was 10 years old, my parents had no choice but to put me in French school. So you were only yeah. able to go to an English school if one of your parents went to English school in Quebec. You weren't allowed Otherwise, to? Otherwise, you were not allowed to. What if you're an immigrant from an English-speaking country? It does it's, not matter. You have to be born well, uh, there. Yeah, it was really strict. And you know what? Like left I was left-wing, but also very... Left-wing, but they're very strict. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Nationalists. The, the, they are big-time nationalists. So um, I, was, I was okay with that because now I speak three languages. Because if it were up to my parents, they would have put me in English school. And seriously, if Quebec didn't have those strict language laws, I think we would be like the rest of Canada. In a sense, French is non-existent. And then it wouldn't be... Like, when it's I go just, to vacation in Montreal, it's much more interesting. It wouldn't be it, confusing. It, it wouldn't be cool, though, if you all spoke <laughs> English. It wouldn't English. be as cool. We'd yeah, be just like be Toronto like, or Vancouver yeah. or the rest of Canada. So we so do, do have that unique... So do you look down upon them? I mean, let the zip I'm trying to figure out like the <laughs> dynamics of Canada. Because we've talked to other Canadians on here. Yeah, yeah. And they have their view of non, uh, not people not from Quebec, yeah. right? And their view is like, oh, they almost treat it like we, like Europe or something. Yeah. And then how do you guys view them? We, we, we definitely look down at the rest of the country, although we're like the most corrupt, uh, the uh, most backwards, the most racist, the most everything un-Canadian, but we're like a little France- uh, in a sense, and we're just like so snobby about our food. Yeah, and poutine. And so I always describe <laughs> and poutine and the whole thing. So I always describe the difference between Montreal and Toronto. Like Toronto only became cool very recently. Okay. Um, and it became, and Montreal lost a lot of businesses to the language laws and stuff like that. So big companies were like, screw you guys. And they moved to Toronto. And now Tomo Toronto is like this happening city. It's too clean um, there. So I always say, I always say, Toronto's like this like guy who worked really hard in high school but was always so geeky and now he has like all the chicks because he has such a great job uh. as opposed to like <laughs> Montreal being the cool guy that everybody loved but he just drank he way too much. Montreal oh. peaked in high school. So like That's we're it. like Montreal and everyone exactly. in studios like Toronto. is Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> I we, wanted to be Montreal We badly. peaked a long time ago. Yeah. yeah. Both of us. <laughs> it's over. Yeah. Oh, and okay. I didn't peak in high school though, so I don't I think I was neither. I was like what's another the city Edmonton. We're oh yeah, <laughs> I mean you could be Vancouver. It, it's uh, Vancouver's always been like 
No. Per- no. They're too cool for Kaplan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Vancouver's like, the, is Hollywood. it like hipster? Vancouver is hipster. I love so, it. It's my favorite place to perform in Canada. Oh. Is Vancouver. So what about, okay, so performing in Canada versus here, what's, um, I'm sure everyone asks you that, but what, do you feel the crowd, crowd-wise? It's so different. Really? Yeah. American crowds are very racially charged. I've noticed that as well. Yeah, we don't have that in Canada. In a good way or a bad way? We don't have, <laughs> I mean, I think it's in a bad way. Um, here? Yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah, I think it's in a bad way. In Canada, we're not, like, they feel guilty. We're all like, we have it so good. I don't want to laugh at anybody's the. Do you, do you, you mean know? like your race defines you on stage? Like, a lot of communities oh, yeah. talk about the race and then that's the act. Yeah, like, like whatever a, they are. A white guy will go on stage and talk about being a white guy yep. on stage. I, in you Canada. never. No, here. Oh, here. Oh, yeah. right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's too much. And, like, but because there's so many unsolved problems, like the fact that you. you America still has ghettos and black people are segregated and all of that stuff. It's unresolved issues that um, come come out during comedy as opposed to like us. We're just in Canada talking about Starbucks and language laws and, and so cutesy when, stuff. When, con- con- when American comedians go there, does is the audience like, oh, why? This is weird. You're bringing this up so much. Yeah, because you know I mean? we we are not. I mean, we're, we're all pretty educated though, so we know free free education, free healthcare. Yeah. Um. So we know what's I've going seen on the Michael in America. Moore movie. Yeah. Down. <laughs> um, so we know we're we're familiar with what's going on, but we definitely cannot relate to it when an American um, comedian touches that topic. It's, so then, when you came here. So when I came here, what's amazing about New York City though is that the the, the comedy quality is on another level um so despite the topics that are are that people touch upon you still have to be you just have to be hilarious your writing game has to you know everything is like up and a a, a level it's just um yeah it's just uh it's very different it's it's that's what i wanted to say so i used to bartend before i started working before becoming a comedian i started bartending at a comedy club in montreal and i remember when American headliners would come in, they would all bomb on the Thursday. And it took them the Thursday night bomb to adjust to Canadian audiences. And in hmm. Montreal, it, they're, they're a very difficult audience because of the language barrier. So I feel like there's a lot of subtleties that they won't get because everybody speaks at least two languages. So they haven't perfected, like myself, I speak three languages. I haven't perfected any of them, you know? Um, so you feel that in the audience whenever whenever uh, New York New York comedians. So do um, they have to slow down? I don't, it's not slowing down. It's just uh, you know becoming more relatable to th- these people or to like ch- to just grab their attention. Um, so it's not slowing down. Get rid of the jokes about New Jersey, maybe? I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. You have to replace Substitute. New Jersey to like Laval, Laval, which is like the equivalent. Equivalent. People go in there like, what's yeah. your New Jersey? That's it. Because I need to Laval switch, all is my, the one. switch all my material. Do you ever do, do, you do comedy in French? Or? I've done it a few times. I have. Yeah. How do you like it? I didn't like it very much. I mean, I wish I loved it. So my backup plan, so you know that I'm married to a comedian? Yes. So her and I... Uh, moved together to New York two years ago, about two years ago. And our backup plan, if comedy doesn't work out in New York, is to go back to Quebec and have her do uh, French comedy because you become an instant celebrity there. There's such a hunger for 
any form of entertainment and arts. They're so proud of their, again, it's that nationalist. She's from. That should be our backup plan, Kevin. Yeah. yeah I guess. If you guys <laughs> speak French. French, you'll become is she, superstars. Is she Canadian as yeah, well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of and course. We met in Montreal. She's born. She's an Anglo that was born she, in Montreal. She wouldn't Wait, date anybody she, outside of Montreal. Is she Jewish? <laughs> she's Jewish. That's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Cool. Yeah. So, can we back all the way up? Sure. <laughs> okay. Whatever you guys want. Let's go back. So, Kuwait. Kuwait. You're born in Kuwait. I am. And then you grew up there, yeah. and then when you were 10, what was life like growing up there? Perfect, amazing, very comfortable. We were second-class citizens because we're Palestinian, so you don't get citizenship. You can't own property. Only Kuwaitis are allowed to own property. So you're actual second-class citizens. We're actual second-class citizens, but it was like second-class citizen in luxury. Like business class. It was the best. <laughs> it, was it was the best class possible. Class exactly. Business. We were, We. I mean, it was great. My father had a terrific job. We traveled to Greece every summer for like a month. Um, my mom worked at a private school as a kindergarten teacher. You know, we, we had like such an amazing social life. It was really a terrific, what, relaxing what, life. So it, And it, it just depresses me so much to think of how much my parents sacrificed for a better life for us, which for sure, living here is so much better for me. But I think it's just so horrible for my parents. Wait, why is it better here? I mean, for me, as far as like freedom goes and doing whatever you want and dreams, my life would have been so much more calculated and like um, conventional in a place like Kuwait. Which I guess is not that bad either. Did but. Your, your parents then <laughs> moved the whole family to Quebec when you were ten. Exactly. So we moved during the first Gulf War. Moved, okay, I was going to yeah. ask if well, you so were we were supposed War. to move anyway. We were mo- we were planning. My father always wanted to live in the West because he wanted just the best things for his kids. He didn't. My father survived two wars: the right. Palestinian War and then in Kuwait. And he was just like, I can't see my kids go through that. Um, it's so traumatizing, and just wanted all the opportunities for us. Um, but I, I mean, it just devastates me. I think my mom is like, she went through a depression that she never get, got out of. Um, so although leaving, yeah, because you're leaving everything behind. And it's, it was such a comfortable life. Again, we were first class c- citizens in, c- in Canada. But my parents, I mean, you know, th- th- it was not luxurious in comparison to what they had before. So what was your dad's job? So he was a, a, he managed an international fiberglass company. Um, that was owned by Kuwaitis, but run by him. That was basically the whole thing about Kuwaitis, is that they they found oil, and a lot of Gulf countries, Saudi Arabia, uh, Qatar, United Arab Emirates, all of them, they all discovered oil in, in the late 40s, and they became wealthy overnight. So they were literally like illiterate, had nothing, knew nothing. Um, and all of a sudden, they had all of this wealth. Sounds awesome. Yeah. It was all, they hit the jackpot. <laughs> you say that like, oh, I should have done that. Yeah. I should have <laughs> discovered the oil. <laughs> in New Mexico, they got any. <laughs> it's actually a true story. My parents just signed something. The town they grew up in, they're now like s- searching for oil there, or digging for oil, or however they get it. And so they had to sign something like there will be blood, where the whole town splits it if they get it. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? The town they grew up in, they keep their rights to the town. They, they still leave. own some like little piece of property, uh, okay. and the oil company is basically buying the whole town. Oh, if everyone. Was what town is this? Carlsbad, New Mexico. Okay, there's this I crazy go oil Mexico. boom going okay. on right now. I'm going in January. So cool! I hear that it's so great. Yeah, it's fun. Right? Yeah, yeah. oil. Everyone's wild, rich now. It's wild west. <laughs> And um, yeah, so if they get it, like uh, this pod's over, cha-ching. I'm retiring. <laughs> yeah, 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 I love that. <laughs> so um, okay, so he was not not necessarily working in oil, but everyone was rich because of that, right? Um, oil. Yeah, trickle so down oil, economics. trickle down oil. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So all of the, so wow. the Kuwait Kuwaitis are all are the only ones that are able to own any property. The oil is so if you're Kuwaiti, 
originally Kuwaiti, born in Kuwait, you are wealthy. Yeah. You're part of that royal family, no matter how big it is. It's great. Everyone in Kuwait is part Every of the royal family? Every Kuwaiti person, if you're a Kuwaiti, because it's a small country, so the population right. of Kuwait, so every single Kuwaiti person, like there's no such thing. In Saudi Arabia, you could find poor people, although it's a very rich country. Right. In Kuwait, if you're Kuwaiti, it's, you're wealthy. It's like the having an Indian, Indian casino. Like, you know, there's like tribes of like 11 people, and then they have a casino, and then everyone, in the, yeah. everyone all the whole tribe has like hummers and everything. Yeah, no wonder why Saddam went in there. He's just like, it's always rich well, people. Well, Saddam always <laughs> thought that had that country that it was a province in yeah. part of Iraq. The problem is with the Middle East is that it all got, you know, the whole like British divide and conquer. Yeah, all of these countries mess. were one country, just like India, Pakistan, Bangladesh. That was all one country, you know, Palestine, Syria, Lebanon, Jordan. That was all one country. The Gulf countries were also the same. Everything was just divided um, and weakened by the British. This is freaking British. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I so, should have never friend. gotten my DNA test done. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's like 97% oh, yeah. white <laughs> British. <laughs> <laughs> I should have just assumed Native American. You're part I of mean, the problem. it's never just checked. so dumb because all of these countries until today, like I took I took a cab, uh, an Uber uh, the other day, and I was talking to the Bangladeshi driver. And just the pride that he feels being Bangladeshi, which I understand, but it's like we're all the freaking, you know, it's yeah. just... Right. I mean, are you seriously going to feel like superior to your neighbors who are basically who you? It's the same. Sh- well, her neighbors from New Jersey. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> except New Jersey. Yeah. And then growing up in Canada, white well, Quebec, but as a uh, somewhat like an immigrant. Yeah, for sure, an immigrant. Yeah. Was that were you treated? How long have you been in, in New York? Two years. Two years. Oh, well, okay. two. So April, April twenty sixteen. Oh, wow. You came just for I came in August. Yeah. Oh. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, we're just both recent immigrants. Yeah, we are. <laughs> so I was here two years ago on a trial period for like five months, then went back home, applied for a green card, waited a year, and got it. How'd you get to stay for five months? You can. Oh, I mean, you can. you can, you're allowed to under six months, so you don't lose Canadians your... Can. your st- Canadians can, I guess, yeah. Because Rob Stocky, we might have to cut out his name based off what I'm about to say, but he had to, <laughs> he's Canadian. He had to join the circus to get a visa to come here. Okay, so he got like a different kind of visa. So now he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess he's like a circus <laughs> performer. He's yeah. in the circus? He has to show up once a month and flip some rings around or I don't know. Because you know what really sucks for us? When I used to come... <laughs> <laughs> and they let well, us stay. They can, it's like, earn it. When I used to come to just like perform or check out the open mics or whatever, they would they would not allow Canadians to work here. That's what he yeah. said. Yeah. He, he said he couldn't work. Yeah. So did you have to prove you were a good enough comedian? That's how I got the green card. I think it's the other way around. And we don't want Canadian, Canadians stealing our, our jobs. Yeah, I know. Comedian. yeah. But freaking <laughs> Americans walk into Canada, no problem. You guys don't need a visa. You get paid. You get work. What? Yeah. That's not what Michael Moore said. No, I... Oh, to work, you mean? To work? Oh, no, I don't know. I didn't yeah. really... I Michael Moore? It. Okay. <laughs> No, yeah. you guys could work. I mean, you just, just relax. You say bonjour at the, at the... Wait, so what did you have to do to prove... Did you have to do comedy in front of, like, some uh, uh, government that people? That would have been freaking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I did that. The, that's, like, the ultimate comedy that competition. That would be so good. Um, <laughs> like, I didn't like that one. No, yeah. I had to, like... Um, Trump th- might use that idea. That is such a great idea. I want to, like, film a documentary. <laughs> Apprentice-style immigration show. <laughs> so great. I Can you get that. over the wall? And he like puts you, presses the button, you get higher up, higher up each week. Over the wall. Over the wall. Oh my God, that's uh, great. Know, there's a great show. There's a billion dollar idea. What's Jeffrey Ross is doing something near the wall? I'm sure he would. Do- oh, is he? <laughs> yeah. That, that's a good idea. Yeah. It is a good idea. He's like, Jeffrey he's Ross. basically roasting 
people that are crossing over. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's what there? I heard. I, I saw it briefly on Trevor Noah. He was interviewed on Trevor Noah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so what'd you have to do? How'd you prove it? So because I am so full of myself, I have kept all clippings of everything I've ever been feature, featured in as a comedian. So all the tickets, all of uh, the posters, all anything. Um, so I had like a whole bunch of uh, newspaper clippings, anything that I ever did. Uh, and I just handed it over to the immigration lawyer. And she was like, okay, you got yourself a case. Wow. Yeah. A case. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, this sounds way and, better than yeah. joining the circus. And then yeah. I got approved uh, as an so, alien of extraordinary ability. Oh, that's what I it is. I know. That's what they call it. You're doing a different comedy show. Than yeah. <laughs> Rob Stalky does not extraordinary enough. He's our previous Canadian uh, expert. But we might have to re- can we replace him? Yeah, I think he <laughs> might be out. Iman's the new Canadian we were expert. Him of about the pod. Quebec. He yeah. doesn't live in, no, you're from Quebec. And so, what about, okay, so then you're growing up in Quebec, and then, um, and when did, so when do you tell your family that you're lesbian? Years and years afterwards. I mean, I never really uh, thought I was for the longest time because I definitely think that you're born with this. Okay. Um, and I've always been gay friendly and I was in and out of gay clubs all of my life. Um, and I just never really felt an attraction until I met my wife. Oh, wow. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So, so you told him you were a comedian before you told him you I were came a out as a comedian first, okay. and that was the first heartache. Yeah. And then, that's, uh, that's, I imagine that's hard. It's, it's for, horrible. I mean, if I ever had kids, <laughs> I'd hate. I, I mean, I would hate it if they right. wanted to be comic. It sucks. It's this life sucks. It's not easy. <laughs> no. Right? no. <laughs> um, so yeah, I only told them when I. So Jess and I dated for a while before I told them, and I wanted to introduce her as a friend first to because I knew if I'm like this is my girlfriend they wouldn't even give her And then she's a also second. she's Jewish does that matter or not It did not matter they haven't gotten into that yet I think they're <laughs> oh, they just so <laughs> focused <laughs> no of course they know uh, I think the they're worst? so Comedian? focused yeah exactly <laughs> they're so focused on the same sex thing like if it was a Jewish guy maybe the Jewish guy like the right, Jewish that would thing come out would yeah. the oh. So I think for her like her parents didn't like it as much that I was Muslim and Palestinian Right uh because she was with a woman before. So they were used to the fact right. that she was gay. So it was like, oh, you're bringing this Right. And Arab. Jews, Jews want to be pretty liberal as far as parents with the with that. But then with the Palestinian thing. That, yeah, that be, you know, that's <laughs> when they become <laughs> close-minded. That's, that's where they when, become a little more, yeah. more close-minded. I, I, so, can, yeah. I can vouch for my people. Yeah. So um, so my parents, I mean, and I, I had, I, like I said, I grew up with Jewish friends. I, I always was surrounded by Jews. And my parents never, I mean, never did I feel anything. And like the best friend that I had was like my sister. They really uh, treated her so well. I mean, we would the sleepovers and like, you know, we were really a, a close, um, clo- we had a close friendship. So, so I don't think the Jewish thing is bothered. I, I mean, if anything, I think they're probably wishing for like a Jewish guy at this point. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know? Wait, so, so they're really? still holding out hope that you're going <laughs> to Yeah. Like... Well, they kept, because they met her and they thought she was lovely and that uh, she is lovely. And when my parents, were... all, are ultimately such nice people. They're just good people. It's just their cultural beliefs and all of these stupid principles of theirs uh, hold them back from uh, evolving, which drives me absolutely insane. Why do we move? Why do we leave Kuwait? They (laughs) never said that. I mean, I said that. I'm like, I wish they could, like, go back. Because, anyway, I've called them ISIS before. It's horrible. (laughs) (laughs) The details, but... um, do you go back at all to Kuwait? I did not go back to Kuwait, although I should, and I'd love to go just to see how much it evolved. A friend of mine 
who I went to high school with, moved there uh, because she's like a trainer for Mac. She trains uh, makeup artists in, in the Gulf area. And I mean, the evolution of what it was for me in the 80s compared to what it is now is just unbelievable. But I did go to uh, Palestine, Israel to perform a couple of times. How was that? Incredible. Where did you perform? Like uh, In Palestinian areas. Yeah. So Nazareth, which is considered Israel, actually, but for Arabs. Right, right. <laughs> uh, so Nazareth, um, Ramallah, Jerusalem. Okay. Yeah, East Jerusalem. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, in what language? Yeah, yeah. English. In English. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So have you ever done comedy in, in Arabic or... Arabic, no. I'll say, like, if I have Arabs in the audience, I'll say a few words right, here and there, but... It's like what he does I, with Chinese people. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you gotta prove it. Yeah. Especially if you look like Do you me. speak it fluently? I, Chinese. That's so awesome. Yeah. Is it called Chinese or Mandarin or what? Um, they call it Chinese yeah. because they're like, yeah, we're the one... It's our language. Yeah. But then in America, I found when I come back, a lot of people are like, what do you speak? I'm like, Chinese. They're like, Mandarin? Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh, I guess if that's what you want to call it, sure. Sure. I mean, I guess that is what it's called... Because every city also has its own language. Right. And But then people here will be like, do you speak Mandarin or Cantonese? Yeah. But Cantonese is only known in America because all the people from Hong Kong came to America. Right. But in China, it's not really thought of as like, it's just one of every city. Every yeah. city has a language. Uh, you know what I'm so saying? Yeah, like yeah. Hong but Kong. people in America think there's only two, when actually there's like hundreds. And then the blanket, the umbrella one is Mandarin. Yeah. Which they just call Chinese. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. But if you look so I'm going to call it Chinese from now on. Yeah. And if anybody it like... Slight turner. Me ignorance, me. I'll be like, excuse me, yeah. yeah it's I, the main one. The way yeah. this guy in New York told me it was okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you will speak it on stage, yeah, you should prove. So people are like, ooh, she's not lying. Yeah. About Arabic. Yeah. Oh, Well, that's uh, why I have to do it. No, I, like I mean, this. no. So, no. I, I, people could tell that I'm Arab okay. in every, I mean, look at me, you know? I yeah, think yeah, I yeah. look pretty. Anyway. I look pretty, and I stopped there. No, I look pretty Arab, I meant to say. Um, but I remember one of my favorite stories ever is this Asian guy who grew up in Dubai. His mom is Vietnamese, and his father is Korean. Okay. He's famous. He's a huge celeb. So I remember coming to New York. One of the first shows that I did in New York in 2008 for the New York Arab Comedy Festival that they have every year. Um, so this guy, I'm like... It's so nervous. I'm performing at a pl same place that Joy Behar performed in. I'm like freaking out. My first show in New York City. The guy before me is this Asian guy who goes up. And uh, I didn't know him at the time. So he goes on and uh, asks the audience if he could sing a song in Korean. So this is a majority Arab audience in New York City. So they're like, yeah, sure, whatever. They're all like <laughs> cheering for him. Yeah. And he sings like a, a classic Arabic song in perfect Arabic. Oh, so, so it's this big. Asian guy who speaks <laughs> Arabic fluent. It's the opposite of you. Yeah, basically. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the crowd freaking out. They lost their minds, and I had to follow that shit. I mean, following a song, <laughs> I like, know. I, I think that guy should get his uh, visa pulled. I know. <laughs> just for. <laughs> He's like a huge celebrity in the United Arab Emirates, which means he's probably a billionaire. Yeah. So when you so you said you did Palestine and then Jordan. Okay. Also, but not Kuwait. I haven't done Kuwait, and I haven't done uh, any other Arabic. And country. what's um, what type? Of, you're, I guess you're doing your same material. I'm doing yeah, pretty much the same thing. I'm I'm not that dirty of a comic. Yeah. So um, and in 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 a country like that, like Palestinians are. A lot more liberal than people would expect them to be just because they go through so much hardship 
that they're just like whatever. Like they don't get offended. Oh, I see. So, Microaggression's not as big. Though. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think the Middle East is about microaggression kind of place. Yeah. It's more of a. But Jordan, I had to be like super clean because it was like organized by the royal family of right. Jordan. They had to like study your text and make sure. Like I remember, I just had a joke about calling myself a prostitute, and they're like, Ooh. "We have to talk about it. We'll take it to the board. We'll get back to it you." It was a board. It was just like this and whole I, like you can't fancy, make religious jokes. I'm assuming you can't make fun of religion. You can't make like this right. guy did a Christianity. period joke. They lost their minds. Um, a what joke? A period joke. Oh, okay. And um, no. so no religion, <laughs> no making fun of the royal family, no uh, no sex jokes. I mean, it has to be a clean, clean set. Okay. And they really have to like go over it before. And how much time? It only lasted Tell three Storm years, true. that festival, because forget it. It was just like- They two. ran out of comedians who could do <laughs> well, it. Well, that's it. We're just like- <laughs> Yeah, those are kind of the biggest points to make jokes about, I right? know. Religion, that's all we talk sex. about. And how much time would you be royal doing families. on that show? Um, it was a gala, so I want to say- I ended up doing uh, somewhere between 10 to 15 minutes. So what they love, and I think that's a universal topic in stand-up that is, is great for anybody and everybody is, is making fun of parents. Oh, yeah, family. That's what people love. They yep. love that. Make fun of your wife. Make fun of your, I mean, in my case, lesbian. I don't know if that would happen. Oh, I yeah. wasn't back well, then. To, yeah. Oh, yeah. Can you so talk I about I don't know. Oh, okay. I think in, in, if I go back to Palestine, I probably could, but. In Jordan, in that setting, um, it would have to, it, you know, it would be a groundbreaking thing. And so have you been touring in the U.S. at all? Outside of New York? A little bit, stuff? yeah. Yeah? Yeah. How do you like it? Amazing. I mean, I've fallen in love with every, I'm like the type of person when I go somewhere, I want to move there. Mm-hmm. Um, so like Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, speaking of Pennsylvania. <laughs> Great town. Great town. <laughs> it's freaking Everybody, amazing. Get in line. Everybody wants to move to Pennsylvania. I'm from Eastern love, Pennsylvania. I love Pittsburgh. Wait, I love, love Philly. Yeah, Philly. Right. Yeah. Oh, shout out. Trust yeah, Philly's amazing. <laughs> Pittsburgh is amazing. South Carolina, uh, Charleston, South Charleston Carolina very nice, yeah. is incredible. Like, that's where I want to, you know, this is my next home. Is and are these um, audiences, what type of audience? Like, literally anybody? Or you find, like, people are finding you because you're similar to them in any way? Uh, sometimes, but that's such a small number of people. Um, especially if I perform at comedy clubs, you know, nobody's necessarily coming out. I'm not I'm not that, no, I don't have a fan base. Well, wait until this pod comes out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you got to play like the Catskills kind of clubs or like down in Florida, like Jewish wife material. Yeah. Very big. Go oh, to the, yeah. the, retire- <laughs> go to the was, retirement homes of Florida. Wife, Listen, yeah. I was a hit with the Jews in Montreal. Yeah. I'll tell you that much. I used to run a lot of shows. I just loved how much um, Jews and Muslims on the scene specifically got along so well. They were always drawn to each other. Um, in Montreal, that is. So I was like, oh my God, I have to, I have to do something together. We have to celebrate yeah. this like... Uh, getting along like yeah. so uh, I put on a show called Kosher Jokes for the Halalidays oh, so Jews and Muslim comedians would perform for Christmas and we'd just get both communities to come out and, and, and see the show and then I did I started touring with my wife we did Pretty Semitic because <laughs> we're both Semitic anyway yeah, yeah. I, those are good names yeah <laughs> nice okay cool so what do you have coming up what do I have coming up what are we today we're in November what do I have coming up? Oh, I'm going to New Orleans for the Hell Yes Fest. Oh, sweet. Yeah. And uh, that's very exciting. I found out today that they added an eating competition on there. I don't know if you guys can I could tell, kill that. What kind I of food? Pizza. <laughs> While you're performing. Aye. So it's all you could eat pizza, and we have, we have to basically be a team. So it's me and uh, New York comic Jill Wiener. Oh. Wait, comedian eat, co- eating competition? Yeah, during the comedy festival. 
but it's, so it's pizza. Comics. It's New Orleans pizza. I know. That's what I said. But they have good food, so they're probably. I don't know. If, yeah, it's. I'm hoping yeah. they asked us what like our our name should be, <laughs> and I thought this this better be New York pizza. That works. You As need a, a name, name for your show. Team for name. Our, our team. Our team oh, up at the eating company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't go. Yeah. yeah. Do you consider yourself so, a New Yorker two years in? Um, I always felt that I was a New Yorker deep down inside. Like coming to New York the first time in my life was really like um, the Walt Disney for me. That was like what I I grew up on these shows based out of New York. I'm obsessed with Will and Grace and Friends and all of that Seinfeld and the whole thing. Um, so I always felt that I could relate to them. My temperament, my impatience, my <laughs> bitchiness, you know. That was my favorite memory. So the first time I came to New York City, I have to tell you, that's when I fell in love with the people. This woman, this is how cool New Yorkers are. I remember seeing a black car uh, stop at a red light. And this woman, I thought she was peeking in to see who was in the black car. And she just applied her lipstick. And, the <laughs> and I was Anyone like, I want to be this woman when I grow up. <laughs> this is the best thing I've ever seen. She didn't care about <laughs> anyone else. No. <laughs> but herself. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay, well, we're going to do the news. Okay. You want to stick around for the news? Whatever you guys want. Fantastic. Yeah, I have one question. Uh, sure. Just, I'm just curious while we're, uh, the, oh, the law you were talking about with the, uh, in Canada? Yeah. Is it just, is there any Jewish stuff they're banning? The yarmulke. Oh, was it was not a, not recently, but oh. when I when I told you the first attempt that they were trying, and yeah, Turner talked about the cross. So that's the thing they were uh, they wanted to ban any uh, anything. any anything visibly religious, but they wanted to keep the cross in in uh, in government. Thing. But I was like, so that's much not fair. Too. That's the thing. It shouldn't <laughs> be a cross. It should be like a dream catcher or something. Like yeah. the original people of that land are uh, aboriginals. Oh. You know. Wait, I don't. I also. I, I got to say, I don't understand why. Um, just banning all religion because uh, banning all religious things because they want it to be a French. Right. Uh, there's a Fr- there's a word in France for that. I'm forgetting what the word is of like the anti-religious thing in France, where it's like everything's secular. Yeah, fish, I don't know the word, but that's what that's what they're trying to copy. Yeah, they are definitely trying <laughs> they to copy make it that. Though, where, like I would, if I, as a Jew, they should get rid of the tzitzit. You know those little things you ever seen coming out? Yeah. Of they're really weird, but it's like a tablecloth. Yeah, it's like a tablecloth. Yeah. <laughs> they should just give it. Like in in America, we have a uh, every the school district. It's like very the PC thing. I think they do is that every religion has like one holiday off now. Okay, they should let each religion keep one or decide to ban one. I'm not sure which way I feel. But everyone yeah. picks one. Everyone picks one thing you can't ban. Like you can't get rid of it. So and then the rest. I would definitely st- yeah go well, with the cross. Keep the, big, the cross. The big huge gold cross. Yeah. I would keep the yarmulke. Specific. I think that's yeah, kind of the, the most. Otherwise, it's like that seems that seems a little extreme. Yeah, the Hasids, though. <laughs> Not that I wear one, the Hasidics but. in Montreal, they tried for a while to. They, they live in a neighborhood where there's a YMCA, and they tried to tint the windows because they didn't want to see women working out. Oh, that's. And the city are... of Montreal was like, "Sorry, no." Yeah. That's... No, no, I mean, I'm against that, that too. Yeah. Well, I just well, you, hate you don't any want to religious see women out? group. No, I do. Oh yeah. Well, that's it. <laughs> any religious group that's just like, oh, woman is a temptation, and I can't, and it distracts me from religion. I'm like, yeah. fuck you. Well, yeah. that's what I don't like. In, can I the, swear on this? You can swear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, the Orthodox, uh, <laughs> you know, temples they separate the men, men and the women. Men and women, of course. And I'm, Muslims do mosques too. And I get what they're doing because, like, then I would be sneaking peeks because I'm just so bored at synagogue. Yeah. But you know, it's ridiculous. Have you ever done? The men on the bottom and the women on the top, and right, you know. Have you ever done a show where the audience is separated? Uh, no. Like I had a friend, uh, Muhammad Magdi in China, Shout and out. he did a, a show for like a Muslim student association. Yeah. And when he got there at the college, they separate like the men were on this side and the women were on that side. At a comedy I show. Can't. At a comedy show in a college in China. 
That's it's like all the Muslim crazy. kids. I'm, I'm going to throw up. I mean, that <laughs> yeah. really makes me so sick. A cousin of mine, a first cousin of mine, very religious, got married, had a separated we- wedding. Women and men were separated. So I couldn't sit with my own father. I'm like, screw Your all of you. Your father accounts? Yeah, that's... yeah. So I had to like, I was just like, I can't deal with it. I only got pissed off. You know why? So we had like a women's room and a men's room. And then the groom is able to come in and out as he pleases. Uh, the groom, yeah. And when that <laughs> happened, I was just like, well, it's not the other way around. The bride can't go into the men's room. <laughs> I think that, that's Kevin's so, point. <laughs> yeah. He's the groom. You're, you're into this. This yeah. is the day. <laughs> Yeah, it's actually, so but the bride is—it's her wedding. Actually, it's it should her be the other way around. Right. I mean, America's definitely the yeah, other way around. The bride, yeah. The bride, bride wants to keep a peek wants. at everyone in the back. Like she can do everything she wants in the wedding. You stay <laughs> yeah. out of the way. Yeah, you stay out of the way. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, uh, so let's let's get to the news. Bring on the news. We're back. First news. You guys story. are editing, right? What? Are you editing? Yeah, or do we're you let it yeah, go? We okay. edit it to make us funnier. Because the way you start is so like easy. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, you just like okay, so we're, here. we're here. Yeah, oh, let's yeah. go. Yeah, no, he's gonna cut a lot of your funny stuff out <laughs> yeah. so that we have to be funnier. Yeah, 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 it'll yeah. just be yeah. wall to wall laughs with the two of us. <laughs> yeah, and, and whenever gonna... I do a joke, just like silence, yeah. like no, no laughter. Yeah, you and Rob Stocky, which I'll have to cut that. Canadians, we just you'll be out. All right, first news story of the week. Oh, this comes to us from Bleacher Report. This is a China story. UCLA basketball players, Leangelo Ball. First of all, Kaplan, this is the most requested story we've ever had in the 57 weeks of this podcast. It's been sent to all of us. I had like times. 17 people send me this story this week. So, UCLA basketball players. It's, it's right at the crossroads of what we talk about. Leangelo Ball, Cody Riley, and some other guy. No one cares about the other two. But, oh, Leangelo Ball, who was arrested <laughs> in China on charges of shoplifting. His charges have, um, he's been allowed to return to the United States today. All of his charges were dropped. Do you know who Leangelo Ball is? No. Okay. Long- Sounds like a basketball player. Yeah. Is that good? He's yes. A, yes. He's, that- he's a college basketball player at UCLA. Okay. He's terrible. The only reason why anyone knows him is because his family, the Ball family, is like the Kardashians oh. of basketball. His wow. brother, his older brother, is now a professional. He's in the Lakers, and his dad is a big. His jackass. dad was like some crappy <laughs> college player 25 years ago okay. who gets on TV every he's, day now. He's like the mom, the Kardashian mom. Okay. He's raised these three boys. One just got drafted by the Lakers. This, this is the second one who's like. He'd be like the Chloe, like the worst one out of the group. <laughs> He's a freshman at UCLA. He's also like a fat guy. And then the youngest one is in high school. That's like a, high a comparison to yeah. Chloe. She's skinny now, and she's actually the funny one. I guess that makes her the worst one. Uh, okay, well, maybe no. he'll get well, Maybe this kid can shoot on like Alonzo. So UCLA just did a trip to China to play basketball. Okay. As like an exhibition game where, um, oh, the whole family has their own brand, like Nike. Okay. They started their own shoe brand. Big, called, like, baller, big, big baller brand. Big baller brand. Their, their, their shoes are $500 each. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe not each, but for the pair. Yeah, I think you get a pair. <laughs> so they go there for like five days. The son, the Chloe Kardashian of the group, yeah, yeah. Angel Chloe. Ball, goes into Han- they go to Hangzhou, China. He goes into a Louis Vuitton store, steals handbags, gets arrested, thrown in Chinese prison. And wasn't he caught on a video stealing from three different places or something? Is Why that true? is he stealing? 
She's an idiot. I mean, yeah. Is it brother... like a Winona writer? It's just type of thing. Yeah, situation? I think it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's just like I have no idea. I well, guess maybe yeah. Cody Riley and Jalen Hill, the other two guys, they needed they needed stuff, and he's just along. He's a good friend. He's just trying to hook him up. Maybe he's lookout. <laughs> maybe he was driving the getaway car. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so peer pressure. It's first. So then, tr- this is the worst part about this whole story: is that Trump got involved. All of our government got involved to get this kid out of prison. In my opinion, he should just be rotting in prison. He's he stole but, a handbag. Well, weren't they rotting in like the four seasons? They were like in their hotel on house arrest. Yes. <laughs> they oh my got... god, it's like the Saudi Arabian uh, royal family. <laughs> Is that what happened? <laughs> they are arrested in and they're staying at the four seasons. Oh yeah, they, what did they do? They, Eleven shop, of them. they were yeah. shoplifting Louis Vuitton bags. I saw <laughs> that. <laughs> what were they doing? They got busted for fraud. Oh. I think. Yeah. Well, I know a, a comedian in China when I was out there who also he stole a handbag. He stole a lady's purse on the subway. Oh, that seems worse because that's like that's he like a mug- prison that's for called six mugging. Months. And that's a comedian you knew. Yeah. Wow. I cannot say his name. Okay. It is not Rob Stocky. That's all I can say. <laughs> it's, it's Joe Schaefer. What right? happened to him? And is he still a comedian? He went to jail for six months. Uh, he has a podcast now. You don't Shout lose out. your career. It's not like Louis C.K. or something. You just stole a purse. I mean, he stole a purse. He went to Chinese prison for six months. Is it so hardcore and scary and terrible and torturous? And I believe so. Yeah. I, he- I heard he was skinnier when he got out. Yeah. But I think his Chinese is a lot better. Yeah. Like, also, he was like doing it's good for material. Work. Oh, my six God. Send me to Chinese this prison. This cell knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's a good yeah. podcast um, idea. And so, yeah, then he came out. Yeah, it's like a whole uh, weight loss Chinese language I camp. I want to go. And now he's back. Yeah, he lives in America and he does comedy. I don't. I don't like talk to him. Can that you tell much. me off the record after we stop recording? I will. Yeah, okay, yeah, we can cool. Google we can him answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll show you. But who uh, is. is is in China? Uh, I mean, I assume they have really tough, normally shoplifting laws, and feels like a law and order country. No. So the only yes, I believe so. I mean, but everything else, like when I when all my friends we heard this, it's impossible to get arrested in China. For anything that's not malicious, like drinking in the street, completely legal. Yeah. Um, and then uh, there's no age to when you can drink. Any amount of partying or I don't know, they, is unless you're doing something against the but government. But if you get in a fight in the streets, drunk, you get arrested. Totally fine. Oh, it's totally fine. Totally fine. <laughs> okay. They'll just watch you guys to see who wins. Yeah, yeah. they just sit back. They get on it. They're the government <laughs> officials that throw money down. Yeah. I had a guy when I was working stole a car from our company. Right. Drove away. The yeah. cops came. They just made him apologize and bring it back. Wow. So you have to go really out of your way. Yeah. To get arrested. Um, and then the only I know one other guy who got arrested. He's in prison right now. Hopefully he'll come on the pod when he gets out. It's a friend of mine. Shout out. He, <laughs> How he, many friends do you have to do horrible things? There's a lot of sketchy <laughs> people yeah, out there. He's got a whole troop out there. A lot of people are evading <laughs> life in general. And they moved to China. But yeah. what is like? So then, okay. So then the last part of the story that angers me is they just <laughs> the commissioner of the uh, Pac-12, which is like the division of college basketball they play in. Just released a statement saying, we're glad these young men have uh, been allowed to come home. Oh, because they just got released. China let them go okay. without penalty. With nothing. You got involved. How you? long in jail did they last? Like a week. That's it. No, no, but it's actually like an hour in jail, as Kaplan said. And then they got him, they negotiated to have him sent to the Four Seasons, and they just weren't allowed to leave the hotel. Man. Yeah. That was, that was the, Trump was in Asia. He made that happen, I think. He was negotiating. I lived in China for 12 <laughs> years. I never got to go to the Four Seasons. Oh, you should, uh. Anyway, so then there's there's the final statement from the the commissioner of the college basketball. He says we're we're so happy that they've been allowed to come home to their families and avoid uh, hardship. In no point in this is there an apology to China or anyone in China. They said we're we're mm. so excited to come back next year for this great global games. I don't what does your wife feel about wow. it? This it annoys me. This is one thing that annoys me about America. It's just like well, they let our people go. It's almost like saying that China was being unreasonably difficult. To these American citizens. When it's really not the case, yeah. Mm. If Chinese people came over here and were just stealing stuff. Yao Ming. 
He's, he's a target. He knew, <laughs> he knew not to steal stuff when he was here. All right, next story. One year later, it was the dating story. One year later, Trump's election has changed the way we date. This yeah. is from the Philadelphia Inquirer. We need someone single to come on in. I agree. Dating in the time of Trump seems to have changed the way couples court, debate, and tolerate. What was once a bullet point in a list of get-to-know-you questions has now become an asterisk. Basically, they're saying that if you first question people ask is who'd you vote for? Exactly. If you voted for someone that they did not vote for, date over. Um, <laughs> this is from Stephen Ward, who is the CEO of Master Matchmakers. He says there was always a rule that you shouldn't talk about politics on a first date, but now it's almost impossible for people not to express themselves and not know what the other person believes. Cap, what do you think? Well, I was, first of all, I mean, uh, millennials. This is just them being idiots. Is, they're bad about everything. Okay. Millennial guys don't understand how to like lie or get around a topic that's you, like you need to ask who did you vote for and then just agree like me too no just, matter what yeah you say me too or you say <laughs> i mean you go outside if you want to say say you didn't vote yes or say i don't know i would get vote. so mad if at, you didn't vote would i you? didn't vote yeah oh i didn't vote would anger. yeah oh and when someone did not vote for who you voted for uh, that would anger me too would that be the end of the that be it hmm. probably so. i mean my wife and i come from really different backgrounds and uh opposite in so many ways but the core is the same our, our but political that's, that's views all or... elections or just because this one like I think Trump all. is so extreme. What if they didn't vote for you in the Canadian, same person as you in the Canadian uh, election? I mean, it would be <laughs> a, p- a point of contention for sure. In Canada? Yeah. Who are the, what are the, I know you got Trudeau and then like who's against him in Canada? What's the other The conservatives. Side? Okay. So the conservatives were in power for a very long time, Stephen Harper. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was, it was such a relief to see him go. People didn't like him, right? No, I mean, he's I conservative. Although it's like won. mild, <laughs> mild conservative compared to us. Like the guy is um, evangelical and I didn't know until like right. towards the end. At all. In Canada, we're not like here well, where Trump's it's like God bless this and God pretends. bless that. We do not mention God in, in Canada. In a speech? How do you win? Nothing. Nothing. How do they end a speech though? How, what's the closing line? Merci. Merci beaucoup. May God continue to bless. No, God. No no mention of God. Yeah. Really? No mention of God. It's so funny. That's such a way here to court a base. Yeah, I know. Is uh, to mention. Okay. Can I tell you one? uh, Can I tell you one thing that I do like about this trend? Yeah. Oh, the okay. I've always, you know, women always say, people say insides are more important. Yeah. I like to hear that this is a thing now. I always felt like that was bullshit. I was like, I'm sure it's more important than what's on my inside. Yeah, you're back I now. Might have, I don't have a job. It is yeah. everything. Now I'm saying what's on the inside is more important, apparently. Like yeah, you but say, like, if I say, like, I voted the right way, that like, gives you three inches. And you're, you're saying taller. that if you're a smart guy, what is on the inside should just be whatever they just said. Well, that's true, too. <laughs> <laughs> if you're trying, what guy is putting, like, their, their political beliefs ahead of... Like, what guy is so, so, so important? I guess if you're a hardcore Trump person, so I, I, self-important. They're, they're, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't be able to lie about it, but... Yeah. Okay. Okay. What do you so, What do you think? No. Anything? <laughs> I think that it is different because it was. It did used to be something. I mean, I was when I was dating. I guess five years ago or more. First of all, I was dating in China, so you don't like elect. There are yeah, no yeah. elections. It doesn't matter. Oh, this right. would never happen. Oh, this yeah. is not a problem in China. <laughs> Who'd you vote for? Yeah. Like no one. Me too. Like all right. Right. Like, so if you have a country without you elections, get apps? you could yeah. get more a uh, mixing of of like. Uh, your philosophical core zone was because you don't care about that. Yeah. Well, I was trying to think of what would be <laughs> what would be the, the like the showstopper right. um, in a date. I guess it would be like, what's your feelings on Taiwan or something? Whoa. Like, what were they actually? <laughs> Japanese. I did go out. So I, Teddy Kaplan one day, my I, son. What I, are your feelings on Taiwan? 
Oh, I stay out of that. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to say anything. He yeah. No, I'm a... No, I, I actually... Yeah, his yeah, son yeah. is very one China. Yeah, my he five-year-old. He thinks Taiwan's is, part of China. He's, pro, he's pro-China. Um, I did... I did... I remember now, um, when I was like 22... This was like 2004, and I went on a, I don't know if it was on a date, or I was talking to a girl at a bar, a Chinese girl, and she was saying like the happiest day of her life was when 9-11 happened. Oh. And whoa. I was like, oh, that is like, that's, yeah, a, that's the end. That's a you big can't. test. That's yeah. a big test of my theory that men will say anything to get laid, but then I think there's a line. No, that was yeah. my line. That's <laughs> so I did have a line. Yeah. Men, wow. men even have a line, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that was my Trump election line. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, sorry. Yeah, I did fool around with the Republican ones, now that I think about it, during the Bush years. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like in the Bush years, you be you could argue about it, but it's like the Trump thing. I feel is different. but it wasn't a relationship. It right. was just like a fling, a weekend fling. And you just put that in the back of your head. And well, like, we were both like we didn't know until like the next day where he was like, "You're Muslim." Oh, this is oh. like the, this is and the I'm like, Louis "You're a Republican." <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was. Oh, you didn't know like until the next day. Yeah, it was like the start of a rom com. <laughs> he was equally upset that you were a Muslim. <laughs> totally. <laughs> he was just like, "What?" Yeah. Wow. Okay, fine. <laughs> That's amazing. He's from Jersey, actually. Oh, shout out. Turns out he was like, he, was, he had a tiki torch and everything. He was like, wait, what? Wait until the Virginia. We're going to get, yeah, this. we're coming. Okay, final news story of the week. Oh, this is this one. I feel like Kaplan picked this, and I, I think I know why. Um, it's very similar to my story. Former boyfriend of Olivia Newton John has reportedly been discovered after going missing 12 years ago. Uh, Mr. McDermott, it doesn't say his he first name. He faked right? his death, right? Stephen McDermott, yeah, he disappeared in 2005 while on a fishing trip. Then uh, the then 48 year old uh, McDermott set off on the fishing boat entitled Freedom from San, Pe- San Pedro Marina on June 30th and mysteriously disappeared with personal items, including his wallet left aboard the ship. Um, it turns out he was just hanging out in Mexico the whole time. <laughs> they thought he died. And he was wow. dodging child support, $8,000 he owed. Oh, that's, that's why he faked his death. Yeah, yeah. Like a, that doesn't seem like a lot of money to fake your death over. Well, that was uh, my first thought. Especially since he left his wallet on the boat. He was, Yeah, he was <laughs> dodging $8,000 worth of child support. What um, is that, like a couple weeks? Like, what is that? Like, I, I don't know how it works. Enough to give up his life for 12 years. So I was in China for 12 years, so that's why I feel yeah. like I can yeah, relate. Yeah, well, yeah. I was going to ask you, uh, what percentage of expats in China do you think are guys who fake their own death somewhere? Very the high amount. <laughs> there was, it's true. There were, in, the, in the town I was living in, um, there were two American pedophiles living there at the same time. Oh, my God. Two. One got away, one got caught. The first one got <laughs> were caught. Were they friends? What? Were they friends? They hang out? <laughs> they have like they a club? Were, I do not think so. <laughs> the first one got caught because he flew to Hong Kong on vacation. The FBI and the Chinese version of the FBI had been tracking him for like two years, but there was no extradition treaty. They couldn't get him. They found out he was going to Hong Kong. We do have an extradition treaty with Hong Kong. Oh. And so they got him there. The second one got away because uh, the word got out and he just like went to the next town or something. But. Yeah. Oh my god! But why would they go to China? I would. I always thought that um, a lot of pedophilia happens in like Thailand or something, right? Oh yeah, with well, younger like. Um, well, maybe they're trying. To ch- maybe they're trying to turn their life around. They were. These guys oh, had maybe. been arrested in America, skipped bail, <laughs> okay. and went to China because there's no extradition. Do we have extradition with Thailand? But this is like an old school move to go to Mexico. This is like the old, yeah. It's like you know. It's Mexico like in a soap opera. Oh, like or we something. gotta make yeah. it to the border. It's like smoking <laughs> the bandit or yeah. something. And you could live like a king down there. Because like, we still like, have an extradition treaty with Mexico, don't we? Well, can you be extradited over $8,000? That seems like a lot of work for the government. <laughs> it's going to cost more money than such a low amount. <laughs> this also proves to me that like, just being famous or related to Olivia Newton-John somehow does not mean you're rich. Right. Like $8,000, oh. you should be able to... 
There's this confusion in America, I think, with celebrity and wealth. Well, sure. She's rich, though, isn't she? I mean, who is she? She was in Greece. She was, <laughs> yeah. but he is not. By and being after a divorce, she probably didn't give him anything. Yeah, I would guess so. So how did they reveal it was him? Or we don't know. Um, I guess someone tracked him down really recently. And he's, they he said, had a podcast called Lost in Mexico. Or maybe, something. yeah. He's, he's the equivalent <laughs> of us. Does that happen with Canada? Or no, Canada, you get sent right back, probably. Probably. Where do Canadian people go if they need to get away? We don't. We just work it out. I don't think that's true. <laughs> I went to Cuba one time, and there was a lot of weirdo Canadians in Cuba. Oh, really? Yeah, it might be the Thailand of America. Uh, maybe. <laughs> maybe Cuba. It's true. I always thought we went to Cuba to be away from America. Yeah, it's a good reason to go. <laughs> no, I was there. We're, we're gonna I was like, to... surprise. Yeah, Turner was hanging out. I think it would be a great step in, in the gay marriage movement when uh, women or men are faking their own deaths to get out of child support. That's true. Yeah, that's the next thing. That's the next thing. That's the next Equality for all. Equality for, yeah. Well, a lot of gays were just like, oh, I I thought I was going to live a life without commitment. And now, God damn it. Yeah, I have to get married. That's my way out. Let me get on my boat titled Freedom. Yeah. Not a. Whose decision, who who brought it up first in your relationship, the marriage? Um, I think we always knew that we wanted to get married to each other. We were really in love. Um, But she proposed. She did. Cool. Yeah. But it was no like one like when are you gonna when is it gonna happen like it wasn't no. like one side pressuring the other. So I think it's uh, when we came on our trial period for the five months, I felt that I think we felt that if we got along um, in New York in that life living together, um, that we'd probably spend the rest of our life together. That's so. Yeah, and when we went to see the immigration lawyer towards the end of our trip, the lawyer was just like, you guys have a great case. Uh, Iman, you should apply for the green card. Jess, you guys are obviously in love, so just get married. So Jess could be, instead of applying for two separate green cards. And I was just like, oh, how romantic. (laughs) And then in the end, I mean, I saw Jess's face. She just like teared up. And I'm like, oh, she was going to propose anyway. Wow. But it just, yeah. So it was a really elaborate, very romantic proposal. So you got married in Canada, though? Yeah. So we wanted to get married in Montreal, but to speed up the process, uh, we ended up getting married in Toronto uh, just because it was quicker. Because Montreal still works on on the French uh, civil law. So they actually have, like somebody could show up to our wedding and object the wedding, oh. and the government would study <laughs> like it's like, old you know, school I don't know like that. What my parents that. are going to do here? So yeah, exactly. <laughs> my parents. Cannons. She has a psychotic ex-girlfriend. Oh. Like it could have been anything. Any, but anyway, it's Olivia Newton-John guy. Yeah, he's yeah. like, I've already <laughs> pulled one old school move going to Mexico. I'm going to so go you, break up that wedding. If you want to shoot a reality show, it can't. That's a better because something crazy could happen. That's a documentary. A great show idea. Ruining weddings in Canada. Ruining weddings. Yeah. <laughs> Objection. In Quebec. It has I to object. Be the name of the show. I object. It's really great. Yeah. I love that. Pitch it tomorrow. To yeah, the yeah, CBC I love people. that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, I object. Yeah. I love we, that. We get royalties. Was, the idea came so out. So, what are you going to tell them tomorrow? During this, they're following you around all well, day. Well, they followed me around already. I, I just came back from Canada. They were following me around all day and recorded my whole inter, entire headline set at uh, at a club in Halifax. And I guess they just want more footage of my life in. Are you now New the York. voice of conservatives in Canada? <laughs> so. That's amazing. <laughs> Yeah. So. Well, this podcast we're the we're the official platform of the alt middle. Yeah. So you might fit in. Oh, nice. <laughs> and that, that guy from uh, New Jersey, the we Bush also... the Bush supporter, he's yeah. gonna see it and be like, oh, look at that. Yeah, she yeah, came yeah. around. This is a white tent, <laughs> uh, white tent community. So great. Well, thank you for doing the podcast. Yeah, that is all. Me. Iman, thanks for doing it. Kaplan, what should we do? Let's get lost. Get lost. 
I'm gonna move to Canada, yeah, I've made up my mind. Leave everything behind. I'll catch a plane, fly away from this rain. I'm gonna move to Canada, I'm gonna meet Neil Young. I just know we'll get along. Show up at his house, convince him and his spouse. I'll pick up my guitar and play a couple of my songs. A couple of my songs. A couple of my songs that I'll sing at the top of my of my old songs a couple of my old songs and I think damn Neil Young would have loved these songs he would have loved these songs 